0: Hey guys, it's Blood Harris here with another Pantherans podcast. Happy freaking holidays to you guys! I'm hoping you had a great holiday. Me, it came and went, but it was a great time. I'm on call for the you know for the medical center, so you know this really hasn't been much of a vacation for me at all because I still have to work. Christmas morning, as my kids are pe- unwrapping their gifts, I'm getting a, I'm getting calls. Fun, fun stuff. But at the end of the day, it worked itself out, and uh, yeah, that's what it did. Well, I'm seeing personally person getting pulled over here. There's this light pretty much where people have a habit of blowing through the red light, or, or just as it turns, you know. Just as it goes from yellow, red people blow past the light anyway. And and of course the cops hang out and see that and there you go. But anyways, plenty to talk about it, you guys. I'm sure um, you guys have been checking out the movies. I mean, I make sure to DVR my, all you know, a bunch of Christmas movies because my kids roll everything. You know, the you know, Christmas Day I did... Christmas Story, because you got, you got to do Christmas Story, on Christmas Day, and sure, I've seen, I've seen the movie, so many damn times, that, I, you know, you should know it by heart, but still, you got to watch it, it's nostalgia, you know, my kids did Grinch, they watched that, Charlie Brown Christmas Special, They, they did all that, but, you know, so, Christmas Story was on Christmas Day, the other day I did, um, 26, I did, um, Nash Shampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, I remember when I came out, shoot, I was watching that on a daily basis, even, like, far after Christmas, I remember, I would watch it, I loved it so damn much, but last night it was Die Hard, and I was asked about that. Like, what are you watching? Die Hard? What is it? A Christmas movie? It doesn't look like a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Damn it! It happens on Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas movie. The man just trying to go home to his kid in California and celebrate Christmas. I mean, that's Christmas, right? Christmas movie. You can also make the argument that Rocky IV is a Christmas movie as well because, well, it happened on Christmas. And speaking of Rocky, I saw Creed Two late on Christmas Eve. Actually, the I was showing at eleven o'clock at night. So I felt like one of those you know people that I used to you know look look down upon as people with no lives and doing stuff late night on Christmas Eve where I should be home with my family. But the kids were, in, were asleep. Gifts were wrapped. and I was going to be on a call next week. And Creed 2 will pretty much be out of the theaters by then. And So I, t- I checked it out. It was a pretty good movie. I mean, um, it really was. Initially, I thought they were rushing the Creed storyline. Not, not so much Creed, but the Drago storyline but they were you know they, they they cleaned it up towards the end and and of course uh, Rocky obviously has you know Stallone's retired the Rocky character for good I mean not so much you saw in the movie but also he announced it on social media as well he was retiring it I'm sure eventually during the Creed series they'll they'll kill he'll probably kill off Rocky But, you know, one thing I noticed about the Creed Two movie is they could actually do a, they could actually do a, um, come on, dude. They could actually do a, um, a spinoff of Creed 2 with, with Drago because there's plenty, there's plenty of uh, stories to tell there for what happened to Drago and his son. So I'm hoping maybe, you know, I'm hoping they do a Drago series. That'd be kind of cool. Although he's based in Russia. And of course, with the, with, you know, with the election that just happened two years ago and the Russian collusion, I'm sure that's probably not a good idea right now. We'd have to wait probably, I don't know, another two years, maybe, you know, it depends if Trump's out of office. It could happen when Trump's in office. Maybe when this, maybe when that sting of the, you know, the the loss is away, and it won't be as bad. But I'm sure they could probably release it during his presence scene. and A lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't mind anyway. But you'd have the hardcore, you know, political ones getting mad about this, saying we're celebrating Russia or some crap like that. I don't know. Anyways, guys. Uh, Pitt's got the Sumble coming up on uh, New Year's Eve. We all know what happened last time, and hopefully we can uh, we can avoid it. I mean, uh, I read the I read the oral history of it on the Post Gazette, and there was some funny stuff. You know, obviously them going on and getting shit faced was hilarious, and they had a, they had a practice the next day, and Dave obviously was mad because he could tell they were all they were all fucked up and. that didn't work out and eventually practice got better but I remember when 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 Sean McCoy was come back the next year and it was looming that um, that he may leave and I guess supposedly Pitt changed their reliability on, on McCoy in that game went to a more of a passing game I guess to protect Shady from getting hurt But, I mean, if you're going to do that, why not just get the ball to LaRod Stevens at that point? I mean, I I haven't looked at the box score to see if they actually did that, but there's a lot of other stuff they could have done in that case. But um, Scott McKillop, didn't sound like he spoke too highly of Bill Stahl. You can seem a lot crazy about him. and you know it was fine to hear Philip Philip Bennett call my kill up a fucking weirdo because I guess he went hiking after the uh, game. But you know, the game ended. It was a three nothing drop you know, loss, and that was that for that season. Now this is a little different. It's playing Stanford, another Pac twelve team. And, you know, Stanford was a Pac-12 favorite as the, before the season began. And they start off 4-0, and then, of course, they tailed off, t- you know, towards the end. But looking at them, well, for one thing, Bryce Love is out. And he really didn't have a lot of great of a year this past year. And Stanford didn't run the ball that good either. They're off, they, had, they had some lows on the offensive line. But they were able to throw the football. The QB he threw for over three thousand yards and almost thirty touchdown passes. Stanford, um, as far as their offense goes, the running game is lacking. Passing game wise, they got tall, physical receivers, but they're but they're not all that fast. They just they're just they they get open. They have a lot of height. So Pitt's defense is going to have their challenge there. And I'm sure Stanford will challenge them in the you know throw by throwing the ball. And so Pitt's gonna have to defend the hell out of the receiver. So I mean that's one thing they're gonna have to do. Because the receivers are about, you know, they're about 6'2 and up, and they're, they're they're tough physical guys. They're not fast, but they're tough and physical. So our secondary is gonna have his hands full. But Pitt, for the most part, has to get pressure on the quarterback basically play their game. I mean, they ha- other than a few gaffes, they held their end against Clemson. It's just, uh, you know, their offense sucked. And looking at, um, you know, Stanford on defense, Pitt should be able to run the ball against them. Their, their run defense isn't that good. If Notre Dame can run the, can pound the ball on Stanford, Pitt should be able to as well, because Stanford hasn't really fed it all that well against physical uh, you know running offensive lines. Pitt's biggest challenge obviously is gonna throw the football and somehow that's been a big you know issue there and obviously that our tongue is against Miami. And I had Miami being Wisconsin this time around, but of course a lot of stuff happened and leading up to my leads up to Miami game. I just figured with Alex Hornybrook. Miami should have an easy time but Hortenbrook didn't play I don't think I don't know I really watched the game he may have played but he's horrible but I forgot that Wisconsin still has physical guys on the offensive on, on the lines that can match the, the, the intensity of Miami but one thing Miami has to do is obviously one get a quarterback and two do some of their play calling they, they can figure that one out the coastal will be theirs next year, and maybe they uh, challenge Clemson this time around, and maybe score some points. We'll see. Savvy or pit. they should be able to run the ball. Hopefully, they can mix up some passing, passing as well. Let's hope and pray, gentlemen. I mean, those are the you know the biggest things there. Running the ball, they need to establish the ground, and of course, you know, play good defense. I mean, that's pretty much what, what they have to do. If it's just like Clemson and mind where they can't run the ball, then we're fucked for the most part. But I'm sure Stanford's going to probably force the issue with Kenny Pickett. It's whether or not he has it is another story. But that's the thing. Alan Saunders of the uh, PG Sports Now, PGH Sports Now, I'm sorry, posed the thing if, uh whether or not Sean Watson should come back next year. And, you know, it's not my decision to make or anyone's, any of us. It's ultimately Pat and we know what that is. He's gonna be back next year. And the fact that they won the coastal with a just with just a ground game, and he was able to score they were able to score so many points with that with that ground game, no, with lack of a passing game. I'm sure you know that gets a lot of brownie points for Watson. You know, schema's one because 'cause he's got I mean he's got he had talent this year at receiver. For some reason we just couldn't I don't know utilize it as much. And we can't figure out how a tight end fits in our offense as well, which is mind-boggling as well, but whatever. Obviously they're gonna have to do some things. Part of that's on Watson. The other part of it is on Kenny Pickett. It's cause it's not all Watson. I think it's gonna be in year three here at Pitt. And he's had enough he's had a uh, starts under his under his belt. Where year three he's gotta have it or he doesn't. And my hope is that somehow the staff challenges him in the offseason in spring drills, all next year, because supposedly he was flawless. In summer drills. In summer camp, obviously. He didn't throw a single pick. And we have to ask the questions. Because was he really good in you know, in drills? Or did they not challenge him enough? I mean, those are questions we need to ask ourselves. But I wouldn't mind if there was some sort of competition next year quarterback, Because he needs to be challenged. Because regardless, sure, we got to the uh, ACC title game. But our passing game, for the most part, was hot garbage. Yeah, was it scheme? Was it picket? Not being able to make his reads? What was it was not It was a lot of stuff. Tons of stuff. But I know we, we like to blame the coaches a lot. But we also got to hold the people who they're teaching accountable as well. Because obviously they're not doing their job. Either. So let's hope for a lot of those things. But uh, you know, the staff has to figure a lot of things out. Because you know we, we lose our t- two top players. We're losing some guys on the l- line as well. Lots happening here. And. We did. Sure, we finished seventh, you know, sixth this season, but we could be easily be looking at a five and seven season next year as well if if we don't get our heads together. So there's a lot, just a lot to take in. I mean, I know that Penn State loses Trace McSorley and whatnot, but that game at Happy Valley is not, is not a gimme. It's not a guaranteed win for Penn. They can easily blow us out next year too. So, let's figure it out. As far as the game goes, I like Pitt to win this one. I think they'll I think they win by at least a touchdown. And I'm sure I'll be wrong about that. Like everything else up in bowl season. And we saw, you know, ACC obviously has had their issues. I mean, Miami got their asses beat. Boston College had their bowl game canceled because of thundering. Which kind of irks me because... It was at the Cotton Bowl. And I'm just wondering. AT&T Stadium wasn't too far from them at all. So I'm wondering why they couldn't put the game there and have them finish it there. Unless, you know, I know that I know the Cowboys are playing. I know they probably there's there, there's probably there's our college. There's several games being played there, obviously. I think the playoffs being held there as well. So maybe that was the reason but I mean how it's field turf? just throw them there and let them finish the game but I mean at least the people got refunds and things are being done right because that's a shame because you know a lot of these bulls are losing their luster it's because of well the, the playoff itself I mean you gotta get into the playoff these games just don't have their braggability as they used to you know, you can't say, well, we won the Capital One bowl. Ha ha. Now it's did you get in the playoffs and how close did you get? So just a lot to digest there. And not to mention you got players sending out the bowl games as well. Because well, for one thing, they have an NFL paycheck coming their way and they're worried about um They're worried about staying healthy. So they can get that pay- they can get that check. So, just so many unfortunate things. Now, getting to um, love other things. Well, for one thing we got the Steelers to talk about. As far as that goes, Steelers obviously have put themselves in the pickle. At one point after the Carolina game, they were on top of the world. Everyone thought that they were going to ride, they were going to ride this whole thing out, run the table, and be a contender. Well, for some reason, they lost a bunch of games and lollygagged. And while while that happened, Baltimore put Lamar Jackson in, and while he obviously didn't light up the world because he, you know, he really can't throw the ball that good. But Ravens had a really good defense, so they played really good defense and, you know, they let Jackson manage the game and look what happened. They're in first place in the AFC North and they win Sunday. They're the champs. They're in the playoffs and there's a good chance the Steelers are going to miss out. But, you know, that's on on the Steelers. Steelers had a really good team this year and they just, too many brain farts. You know, they blew uh, the game against Cleveland and tied and a whole bunch of these other games and the Saints game was the icing on the cake because obviously Steers dug themselves a hole but then they got out of it they were winning and the defense was stopping Breeze and company and then late in the game they call a fake punt which uh, the guy who got the ball thought he had the first down celebrates. And that that pretty much summed up the um, that summed up the Steelers' season right there. I mean, that play alone summed it all up. And that means zero awareness. They've had pretty much no awareness of what, what was going on around them. While well, they're losing games, Baltimore's winning games. Now that you know James Carr is supposed to be coming back and I'm sure that's gonna help. I hope it does. But um When I saw the fake punt, I was wondering if t- Mike Tomlin was trying his damn to get fired. Because they could have punted it, and then Breeze has to start deeper in his own territory. And the defense at that point was doing fine. I'm sure if they could have forced Breeze into a lot of fourth down situations, the clock you know runs out. But whatever. It's all said and done. So I'm not sure where the stewards go with this. I don't think they'll fire Tallman because they don't really fire a lot of head coaches. I think, uh, well, Keith Butler probably definitely has to go. Because for one thing, I don't know what the—I don't think he realizes what the hell he's doing, and not to mention, you know, he's preparing for a uh, player that that's not playing right now. He's preparing for Tyler Eifert, and Tyler's not playing. He's—he's—he's an he's he's IR. So it's a bit baffling. Then, of course. Um, JJ Schuster, Juju. He got the Steelers MVP award, and of course, that's been obviously it set off some people because he because right before this all happened, he fumbled on the Steelers' last drive against New Orleans, and the Steelers were pretty much rub against the clock anyway, but he fumbled. Still, and yeah, you can. And pretty much, certain people held him accountable for the loss, and not other people and other people in their decisions. There were a lot of our decisions, our events that cost the Steelers that game against New Orleans. That fumble was a micro part of it. And if he doesn't fumble, there's no guarantee they're, they're you know they're winning that game anyway. So, I don't know what to tell, you know, the super genius, as he calls himself. But he was infuriated with Juju, getting the MVP award, and I don't know why. Uh, because Ben threw for over 5,000 5, yards. Whatever, I mean... I really don't think Ben takes the, MVP, the team MVP award so serious. As a lot of people do in the media and probably you know, Steer Fan themselves take it seriously. I don't think he really cares, but I really don't think he, it really bothers him that he doesn't, he doesn't get team MVP. You know, he knows what he's accomplished, and it speaks for himself what he's done. And I don't think he needs a team MVP to validate what he's done. But if he's having an issue with the whole thing then if you've won the MVP once in your 16 15-16 years with the Steelers maybe you should look at yourself as to why Young got in that war and why your teammates don't respect you but you know, I think his teammates do at least this group does so I don't think they anything, meant anything bad about voting for Juju I'm curious who Ben voted for. Maybe he voted for Juju as well. But anyways, I don't think it's this serious and as people are making out the beans. But we love drama and that's what we live for. But uh anyways. Not much else going on. There's the Pirates off season, which, you know, and the Pens are still going, but obviously these are our two big topics, Steelers and Pitt, and we'll have more coming next week, I'm sure, but uh, like I said, I've just been enjoying the whole break. Anyways, guys, let's hope for a Steelers victory, and let's hope the uh, Browns with Baker Mayfield can help us. As Baker obviously is, you know, he's made some headlines. I mean, it's kind of humorous at times because a year ago, the media was trying to destroy, was trying to destroy Baker Mayfield because he grabbed his crotch during a game. And without realizing that, well, before the game, the coin toss, they didn't shake his hand. And of course, after he, th- after he made it through a pass, when he almost wasn't looking, someone tried to hit him, tried to blindside him with a hit to take him out. So basically they were trying to intentionally injure him and that pissed him off. So when they scored the touchdown, he grabbed his crotch. And but uh, people would focus on the fact he grabbed his crotch and not the fact that all the other stuff happened. Probably his adrenaline was running high, and of course, sure, you can say, well, he could, could conduct himself better. But when you play sports and the adrenaline's pumping, you're not thinking, and you want to run your mouth back at the other team, and that's what happens. But obviously, they want the you know, they want to bury him for it. Of course, there's also the DUI as well. But now a year later, they love everybody. Loves Baker now, so it's amazing what how what happens. You know, when you're winning and you're competing, and, and he may just be that guy that take that turns Cleveland around. I thought Johnny Manziel could have been that guy because he had the he had the charisma like Baker Mayfield to do so. But Johnny, obviously. He couldn't uh, keep himself, he couldn't keep his head straight. And now, you know, he is where he is now. But Baker Mayfield's probably a guy that Cleveland needed. And you hope, well, I guess for Cleveland's sake, he starts winning games. It's going to suck for the Steelers, but it is what it is. Anyways, guys, happy, let's, have, let's have a happy new year. Hell to pit. Go Steelers. Bye. One, two, three, four.